Community, Community of Central Oregon's podcast. Today is the beginning of Labor Day weekend, or we're in the midst of it. And that means several things. Um, I mean, summer's over. Yeah. <laughs> means kids are back in school. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you get tomorrow off. Well, Labor Day uh, was originally created as a time to to honor the work life of all of us and the contribution that our labors make to the well-being of society. Today, I'd like to broaden your understanding of the concept of work and to see it not just something that is a particular job you're, you're doing right now to earn your living, but rather to see it as the way you express energy in your life. And we're always expressing energy. So in that larger sense, we're always working. So maybe Labor Day for you can become not just a time to honor your work life, but to really celebrate your life's work. Well, Labor Day has always had a lot of meaning in our family. See, Barb and I have three children. And interestingly enough, every single one of them had a due date of Labor Day the year they were to be born. (laughs) Her doctor always told her, if you could somehow get through Christmas without being pregnant, you had it made. (laughs) Of course, none of them came on exactly that day. As you know, babies have a sort of opportunity to come whenever they feel like coming. But anyway, it it has a dual meaning for us. But we're not the first people in the world to have a dual meaning of labor and labor work. If you're familiar with the creation stories in the Bible, and there are two, yes, two, they disagree. They come from different sources, and I'm not going to go into that detail. But the one you're most familiar with (laughs) is the story of how... um, Adam and Eve had this idyllic uh, existence in the Garden of Eden where everything was done for them, but they disobeyed God, and so they were exiled. And Eve's punishment was that she would have to bear pain when bearing children, and Adam's punishment was he would have to work by the sweat of his brow for the rest of his days. It's interesting, those kind of stories are technically called etiologies, which means it's simply a way a culture creates stories to describe events that take place that nobody really knows the answer for. So you can imagine in the early days, Hebrew children sitting around the campfire and a little girl might say, Grandmother, why is it that it's hurt so much when we have children? Or a young boy might say, Grandfather, why is it we have to work so hard to put food on the table? And then they would tell this kind of story. But my point is, it's we're not the first to associate labor pains and work labor. Well, I'll speak a little bit about work labor, but uh, labor pains is above my pay grade. <laughs> What's that? This lifetime. This lifetime. 
America. When she struggles with some of the things that women struggle with, she says, just wait, next time you'll... <laughs> well, for many years when I first retired, I worked at the University of North Carolina doing uh, workshops and seminars on people that had retired and were adjusting to retirement and to aging and all those kind of issues. And one of the interesting things I observed was they had such a strange understanding of the concept of work. Some people saw work, yeah, as that nasty four-letter word. And I was even told, it's okay sometimes in a class to use the S word if you really get into it, but don't ever be guilty of using the W word. And other people would say, I'm bored in my retirement. Can you help me figure a way of getting back to work so I can find meaning and fulfillment in my life? Interesting that people would look at exactly the same thing and have such diverse understandings of what it meant. Sort of implies that the way we see the world is more dependent upon what's in here and what's out there. Just something for you to think about. Well, as I said at the beginning, I'd like you to think about work as something broader than just a particular job, but to see it as the way that you express energy in your life. And I believe that some type of work is a human necessity, that we human beings are given talents and abilities when we're born, and when we use them in a meaningful way, we find fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives. And if we don't do that, life doesn't have much meaning or purpose. So as human beings, yes, we enjoy our leisure time. But that Garden of Eden story that holds the idyllic image of sitting around doing nothing all of our life is not a meaningful example of human life. And I can guarantee you that if you don't have some kind of a challenge that pulls you forward, that asks you to become something more than what you are now, life is kind of blasé. So we simply seem to need challenge. We need to have those opportunities to put our energy at work and become something more than what we are now. So life then is a journey, not a destination. It's a, it's a time period where we're always going through stages and becoming and doesn't matter whether you're a student in school or a spouse or a young parent or a breadwinner or a retiree, you're doing the same thing. You're expressing your life energy. And each of those stages is simply a place along the way where shifts are made in the way that you go about doing that. So I'd like to give you uh, five suggestions, briefly, <laughs> uh, tools that you might use to take with you on that journey called your lifetime. And hopefully they will help you to make it something more than just a four-letter word. First thing I'd like to say is that you're not a victim. You're not a victim. 
It's amazing to me how many people spend a great deal of time and energy complaining and bellyaching about their life circumstance, whatever it is. They're blaming somebody, blame God, blame their parents, blame the government, blame somebody, but it's not my fault. Isn't that interesting? And we as Unity students realize, hey, we create our own lives. Isn't that our third principle? So whatever your life circumstance is, good, bad, or indifferent, the primary reason you're there is because of the choices you've made through the years. So complaining about or putting the blame on somebody else doesn't make too much sense. Also, if you complain about something, you're focused on that, and you're literally locking yourself into that existing situation. If you don't like it, does it make sense to lock yourself into it? So you're not a victim. You're a powerful, creative, spiritual being. So use your energy not to complain, but to create, to move forward to that next step. Because wherever you are, you won't stay there forever. There's always a next step. Well, number two, how do you create? I think it's very interesting. It doesn't matter where you are in life, but I believe we all have the same basic purpose. And that is to create and spread love wherever we are. There are an infinite number of ways to do that. Different circumstances, different people, different tools and ability you have. But all of it put together. We're here for one reason. To create and spread love energy. And if you have that as your overall perspective and guideline, you will, in fact, create a meaningful and fulfillment life work. I think all of us probably are really tired of seeing all the overt hate and evil that seems to be present in our society these days. And if ever there was a need for people of consciousness to create and spread love energy, this is it. So if you're asking, your mission, should you decide to accept it, <laughs> is to spread love. That's number two. Number three, whatever you're doing now, do the very best you can. Whether you're digging ditches finding a cure for cancer, or anything in between. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, do your best. Two good reasons, in my opinion. First of all, whatever you're doing, you're honing some kind of skills that even though they seem mundane, you probably will use them in some way or another in the next step. So you're improving your skills. But more important, I think you're saying to the universe, I got this. I can do this. And I'm ready for something better. You can't expect the universe to offer you a new and exciting opportunity if you can't do very well at the opportunity you have now. So, number three, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do your best as a way of creating a better future. The fourth guideline I would give you is, a, is a, has to do with the law of attraction. 
Now, most of us know the law of attraction. And we're probably pretty good at creating a vision, a goal. Some people have journals or some people create vision boards or various ways that we use mental energy to make a picture of something that we'd really like to have. That's only step one. And you need something more for that to become a reality. And that something more is the emotional energy to drive it and draw your greatest good to you. And so the secret is for you to imagine that goal having actually arrived and to experience the sense of fulfillment and joy and satisfaction and meaning and purpose and all those good things right now before it physically manifests. That's the energy that will draw your good to you. And when you stop and think about it, whatever your dream might be, whatever that goal is, the reason you have it is because somewhere deep inside you believe it's going to bring you joy and happiness and fulfillment and meaning. So even the dream, the particulars aren't as important to you as the feeling that you expect to have once it becomes a reality, right? So why not have that feeling now? And it's a choice you can make. And the best way I know how to do that is by being grateful for the blessings that you currently have. Really feel that gratitude and be thankful wherever you are, You may not feel you've got enough blessings, but I guarantee you've got more than a lot of people. So be grateful for your blessings and then visualize and put yourself in the position of that something more and allow those feelings of joy and happiness and fulfillment to be expressed. Then you'll draw your good to you. That's number four. You see the the teacher aspect I'd always... And the last one is by all means have dreams, but leave space in your dreams. Don't make them too rigid. I like to say, make your dreams like an outline, not a completed document. Because with our limited human understanding, we just don't fully appreciate the big picture and how everything fits together. We're not there and it's okay. One of my uh, favorite jokes comes out of the Jewish tradition. And it says, you want to make God laugh? Tell her your plans. (laughs) My point is, whatever our dreams are, and we should have them by all means, Spirit's got something better in mind for you. So use those dreams as a starting place and an opening and allow Spirit to do its wonderful work in your life. So just to recap, our life is a journey, not a destination. And because we're human, we're always looking for something more, seeking to grow, to become, to develop. So on this journey, we need some tools to help us travel wisely and well. The first is don't be a victim. 
recognize your tremendous creative power and use it to create, not complain. Two, realize that your purpose, everybody's purpose, is to create and spread love. We have the ability to create love. That's who we are. Isn't that a wonderful gift? You can create love. You don't have to wait for it to happen. It comes from within you. Let that be your primary goal. And number three, whatever the specific things you are doing now in your life circumstance, do them the very best you can as a way of saying to the universe, I'm good at this, but I'm ready for something more. Because whatever we're doing, I can guarantee you it will change. No life circumstance is permanent. We're always creating. So if you want that next one to be more exciting, do the best you can with where you are now. And four, when you have your visions, let it not just be a mental picture, but be grateful for the blessings you have and try and imagine what it would be like when that vision becomes a reality and get in touch with those feelings and experience them here and now and draw your good to you. And finally, leave space for spirit to do its wonderful work far above and beyond anything we can imagine. So hopefully you can use those tools in your life's journey so that it becomes something more than just a four-letter word but becomes an expression of who you really are, God energy in human form.